Hey, thank you so much for joining us for this message from Fresh Life Church. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube account so you don't miss any of the new messages as they come. Yeah, do that. Also, we're in this new series called Yours, Mine, and Ours. It's a relationship series. We're talking uh, marriage, dating, love, sex, all of the above and encompassing. The whole thing. (laughs) Enjoy this message from God's Word. All right. Well, welcome back to Yours, Mine, and Ours. This is week three. Week three. We've had, to recap, a week that was yours. Yeah. And we started with a week that was mine. Well, actually, technically, it was yours. And then? And then mine. And now it's ours. And then ours. You see what we did there? All right. And if you missed any of the messages, we would hope you would go online, check them out for free there on the podcast or the Fresh Life app or our YouTube channel. And uh, this week we have something really special. It's been real fun. Of course, we had in our heart what we wanted to convey to the series and can't wait for week four next week. Hope yeah, you'll be there for it. Yeah, it's going to be but, so good. Uh, we, we took to social media uh, before the series began, kind of when we were with Broad Strokes mapping this all out. And we put out there on our Instagram stories and on Fresh Life's channels, just if anybody has any relationship questions. And it was amazing. Two things, the speed with which hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, it was almost right. like the questions were coming before the question was asked. Like, oh, yes, this is, this is yes, I do. And here's seven of them. Right. And, uh, and so the, the volume of questions that came in. But then also the interesting thing was, as, as our team kind of went through them, how many of them were, were repeated and mm. repeated and repeated. And so uh, we took a bunch of them, and we put them on cards here. Jen's got a bunch. I've got a bunch. And we're just going to basically talk. We haven't put together answers for these questions as though we were prepping a message. And we glanced at the list and saw what was on there. Uh, but we thought it would be better if the way this came across was if we had the chance to have coffee with you. And you're right. like, hey, 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 just quick question. Let's talk. Quick question. And then you just were able to answer. And we wouldn't, of course, say, let me go prepare a sermon. It would be the chance for us to say, well, here, here's what, what and, and kind of go from there. And so... We so we don't is, know what's going to happen. Yeah. We're, we're excited. We'll this, so, but every one of these questions where. came from y'all, Church yes. Online family, Thank you Fresh for writing them community. In. So here's a chance to, to have coffee together and, and just water in there, actually. Uh, but but the, just a chance just to talk a little bit about relationships. Sound good? Yeah. All right. We'll start off here. All right. First question is, what is your favorite part of marriage? Hmm. Honestly, it's, it's so fun, like, I mean, you're my best friend, mm. and I love just doing life with you. I was going to do your heart back to you like you did last week. Oh, yeah. I can't do these. I can't do, I got no, <laughs> Wait, I got no you hand you signal like game. I can do the Batman, kind of. This is a heart. All the kids do the. Oh, now it's that one that you have to, like. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Is that right? Is that good, Mom? Am I, am I on the internet now? Uh, no, but I love just, I think my favorite thing is just the little, like, just those moments where it's like, um, I don't know, like at dinner with the kids and, we look up, and I look up and I'm just like, I love being, par- I love being parents with you. I love being a mom and dad with you. Yeah. I love being married to you. I love um, our weird humor Ridiculous. and funny, like, I don't know. It's just, and I think we're going to be celebrating 15 years in a few months. And I am just, 
I've just lo loved growing more in love with you. And I love like um, the little jokes that maybe we thought were long gone that just kind of keep <laughs> coming through our, our marriage. And, yeah. and I love, I, someone asked me this the other day, but I love how um, you take care of me and I feel safe. And even last week when I said my favorite spot is right next to you, like I, uh, that's the truth. And awesome. so I just, I love getting older and growing older and I just love awesome. it. It's so fun. How about so you? true. I would say, um, well, I like every moment. I mean, honestly, I, like as I think about our relationship and our marriage, I, I, no, no one, everyone told me how hard marriage was. Hmm. No one told me how fun it is. Yeah. And I think, you know, yes, it's hard. It's like, it's like, I almost went into marriage, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so hard. Because everyone's like, it's hard. How's marriage? Oh, it's hard. It's a struggle. It's hard. You need prayer. And all. <laughs> it was almost like, uh, I, so I kind of like went in like so expecting it to be hard. And obviously it is. Like you said last week, the conflict is part of it mm -hmm. and, and the difficulties <clears throat> and getting mad. But then there's makeup sex, you know? So maybe that's my favorite part. But because <laughs> it's real, y'all, and it's great. It's uh, but but the, the, the fun moment, I still like brushing our teeth together. Yeah. I like with our it. new toothbrushes. Our new toothbrushes. We're, how dorky are we? We are like so <laughs> obsessed with our toothbrushes. You know, it's called a quip and they stick on the mirror and then it, it's, it's like if Batman had a toothpaste, it would be this, this toothbrush, it would be this it's toothbrush. It's true. Quip. I'm getting no uh, endorsement opportunities here, but <laughs> check it out. That thing is awesome. Yeah, but, they're amazing. But um, it, so I like brushing our teeth together. I've always thought that was so funny. I remember because we used to always, when we were engaged and you know dating, we'd brush our teeth on the phone. Still, like, no, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. I'm brushing <laughs> or my fall teeth. Fall asleep on, like, on the phone. We fall asleep on the phone together. You know, yeah. So like, I, I remember the first time we after we were married, we were brushing our teeth. It was like, hey, hey, hey. you know, and it was just like so funny to be together in that moment. I, I haven't gotten over that. And I, I know. So I would say all the moments, like you said, all the in-between ones, all the fun ones, yeah. uh, grieving, laughing, dancing, you know, from our earliest date nights at Costco to, you know, get, hopefully getting to do something really special for our 15 year. And mm. I just, I love them all. It's so much fun. Marriage it is, fun. is awesome. It's Marriage a gift. Awesome. It's a blessing. It's fantastic. Yeah. So lots of favorites. Good. All right. Number two. What is the right age to start dating? If you're one of my kids, uh, <laughs> 50, uh, 52, right around there is probably going to be it. Uh, next question. Oh, no, you have the third oh, one. Uh, oh, I can do this. Okay, so not, right oh. question, right age to start dating. Oh. Um, I, would, I, would, I would not give a definitive, I'm not going to answer that. Yeah. But I will say this. I'll answer your question with a question. Oh. As only a pastor would muddy the waters like that. Uh, <laughs> What is the point of dating? Hmm. That's the question I would ask. Anybody That's saying, okay, question. I'm ready to start dating. All right, 13, or, all right, 17, or all right, 27, I'm ready to start dating. Just out of college. Or I, I would just say this, what's the purpose? Hmm. Is, is the purpose uh, because that's what you're supposed to do? Is the purpose because that's what culture says you're supposed to do? You got to have a date for the prom. You got to have a, a boyfriend to go steady with. Everyone's got a boyfriend, so you got to get a boyfriend. That would be the question. And I remember uh, sort of coming to this conclusion, looking at my friends in high school who were in these mini marriages, and that's what it's, it really felt like—these mm, mini marriages. Okay, right. like, oh man, it's this little couple. It's like it's this fake little couple. I don't know any of them that got married. Now I'm sure it happens. It's high school sweethearts, you know, get married. That's that's amazing. But I, I would just say this: the majority of those mini marriages did not end in marriage. 
And, 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 and so then the question is, what's the point of that? Right. Is, 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 and, and so I would, that's the question I would ask to someone when I'm ready to start dating, what's the point? And the advice I would give and kind of where we came to in our lives was um, t- to not approach dating as a game or a sport, hmm. you know, but, but rather something you, you turn to when marriage is in the not too distant future. Yeah. Now I'm not saying, you know, it's like that you're going to, you're going to date and then that's, that's the one forever. But uh, if if not, at least going towards marriage, at least that's a possibility. Like that's something that's in the not too distant future. Right. Then what's the purpose of it? Right. I agree. I think also if you are at an age, I think the the best thing is having that conversation and communication with your parents, or if if not your parents, then small group leader, or um, just to have that accountability and that. Um, advice coming in. I think just to know that this is an area that you need to have people who are wise and, and have been there to be able to speak into your life and to say, hey, you can't date till you're 17, to not buck at that as like, oh, I can't date till I'm 17, but oh, okay, what, that's great. What can I do up until that point, how yeah. can I be, you know, and, um, and I think really when you start dating and you hold hands for the first time and you're 15 years old, it's like all of those little things are just going to want you to have sex. I mean, it's holding, an igni- it's an ignition countdown sequence, right? right? I mean, yeah. there's times where we're holding hands and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about it. I don't understand. I want no, to understand. but it's just, it leads, it's always leading up. Any physical contact with the opposite sex is going to lead up to, to that because that's like the. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Any contact. So I'm just saying, yes. I'm just saying, why put yourself in any position? Now, what are we any... not saying in that? We're not saying, like, you shouldn't, and, and again, this is not a hard and fast rule, but I'm, like for us, it wasn't that we didn't have friends of, of the opposite sex. It's not that right. we didn't have a boyfriend, you went to dances, you had friends. I mean, right. it was, but it, it's just this, this mini marriage mentality yeah. that's so dominating our culture totally. and sold to us because that's how it is in every single film. I just think that we, we should choose what we do and, and to do so intentionally, right. meaning it's heading somewhere. What's, what's, what's the purpose of this? What's this going to lead? And is this going to expose me to more temptation that I want to expose myself mm-hmm. to and put myself in a place where I'm giving my heart away prematurely when when God perhaps has something better for me. Right, and I think it's just so key to have those people in your life, your people who are like, hey, I noticed that you haven't been around and you've only been hanging out with this person. Like, I think we just need those people in our life, so don't stop inviting advice. Don't stop inviting wisdom. Just keep... People. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with like having a crush, having those feelings. That's going to happen right. all throughout, and keeping note of that. Write it down in your diary. Tell somebody about. Right. But I think it's just, it's just there's a difference between feeling something and it being the right time to act on it, right? And the right time to move towards it. And you're like, well, if I don't date him now, he's going to go out. Let me tell you something. If he if, if 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 he's the right one, he'll be the right one. Right. If you're meant to marry this person, that's going to happen without you know necessarily when you're not at a season where that's really what's right for you. Yeah. Being something you're doing prematurely. Right. Well, and I think too, it's um, 
there's so much value in hanging out with groups. So like Fresh Life students, when you have student hangs and camp, like there's, it's so much fun being with groups of people. And you see, um, even if you like someone, you get to see how they are when in competition or when things get hard or they get disappointed. Like I feel like group hangouts is so important yeah. just to have those friends in your life. But getting to just see people. And when it's time, like involving the family. Yes. You know, it's like you're dating. Like I, like I, I know when we started dating, uh, I asked your dad's permission mm-hmm. to, to proceed. Like we had been friends for a long time. We had a yeah. great friendship. But then it was just like, hey, and he lived in a different place. But it was like, hey, I, this is, I'm actually still honoring you guys, your role. He wrote a letter to my dad. With a, I licked a stamp. It was crazy. I know. <laughs> Next level. Yeah, but but the, just that that sense of honoring and like involving the family. I yes, want to honor this. I want to honor this authority, and and it's like uh, a different approach than maybe our culture would show. Yeah. Us. All right. Next question. This one was asked again and again and again, which which is heartbreaking. Uh, so here here's the question. I am in love with someone who is not a Christian, and presumably this person saying I am. Some people in my life are against it. Is it wrong? I don't know what to do. So what do you tell someone who's in love with someone who's not a Christian? What would you say? <laughs> I would say this. I would say uh, if fundamental, because it's all about what you have in common. You know, you want to you you marry someone where there's commonalities. Now, not, not opposites attract, obviously. Um, but if the fundamental thing, if the key thing, if the foremost thing about you, when we talk about being a Christian, we're talking about being a follower of Jesus. Someone who said hey, I, I, I'm, I'm running after him. His word sets the pace mm. for my life. It's yeah. not my will be done. It's thy will be done. Yeah. And that informs everything. Because who, who your God is, of, of how you see life, that informs how you're going to spend money. That informs uh, how, how you're going to want to approach child rearing. That, that informs how you're going to want to approach every <laughs> subsequent thing. Because if we're talking about being a Christian, like that's a box I checked. Like, uh, you Democrat or Republican? Oh, this. Um, are, you, are you Caucasian or African-American? Oh, this. And are you, what's your religious belief? Oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. If, you, if it's that sense, if you're a Christian in that sense, then, then, then what does it matter? But if you're saying hmm. it's not a box I checked, it's a savior I've bowed down my knees to hmm. and I've given my life to and I want to honor him. He, I believe he hung on that cross and paid for my sins and rose from the yeah. dead. If, if I'm running after him my whole life, whatever I do, whether word or drink, if it's all done in the name of Jesus, and I'm saying I want to tie my soul to someone who has not made that decision, then I would ask you, what do you have in common? We both like football. You don't have the most important thing in, in common with this person. And let me, just, let me just speak to those of you who are not Christians. You're here, here, and you would say, well, I want to marry, marry someone who's a Christian. They're going <laughs> to want to convert you the rest of your life. <laughs> the, the rest of your life. They're never, ever, <laughs> ever. They, they'll tell you, no, it's not a big deal. It's, they're lying, okay? They're, <laughs> they're going to work on you, pray for you, try to, the rest of, their small group's going to be praying for you. Right. They're never going to stop. They're going to leave little books around where you might see them. <laughs> they're going to be peppering a little thing. So let me just tell you, you do you want to be someone's evangelistic project for the rest of your life, okay? So, so you should run, That's all right? That's point. And, and now to the other side of it, can God work in that way? Has, can, can we think of stories where God's worked in that way? Of course we can. Mm-hmm. But do you want to take someone's exceptional, noteworthy, God, God moved the mountains and use that to, to hang your, 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 your life on and to build your life on this? Because what it feels a lot like from those who I've talked to are in the situation is, is rowing a boat with only one oar in the water. 
mm. uh, to be in a place where you don't have this in common and the anguish and the pain of, of having to sort out how to raise children with someone who, who you're wanting this and, and that's not how they see life. And so if you're here and, and you're married to someone who's not a believer, don't ever give up hope. Don't yeah. ever give up hope. We're praying for you. We're believing yeah. with you for this salvation. But if you're here saying, I'm, I'm in love with this person, and they're not a Christian, and other people in my life are obviously presumably telling me this is not the one for you, I'm telling you, you should listen to those other voices in yeah. your life. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I would say. Totally. And I think also the difference between being in love with someone and maybe being infatuated with someone where maybe the, the attraction is physical or maybe they are amazing and have a great personality and are fun and awesome to be with. But I would just even, I would, like Levi said, take in the advice that people are, are saying around you, um, but also just kind of check that too. Like um, being in love could be mistaken for yeah. something different. That's it. It's good. Okay. Um, sheesh, we're getting right into it. How do you keep sex fun even after being married for a while? <laughs> well, uh, I would say practice. And so the more you practice, the more fun you have. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think like anything, it's, it's like a playing the violin. Does, does playing the violin, the more years you spend with it, make you worse at it or, or better mm. with that same violin? Think about a Stradivarius. <clears throat> you know, you talked about wanting to be an expert, and uh, I felt immediately ashamed. Last week, you talked about your Evernote doc on how, how you try and keep track of me, and you said, I want to be an expert and figure him out. I was like, good luck with that, because I don't even, I haven't even figured myself <laughs> out. Uh, but, but I think when you, you look at it that way, because the, the goal of, of sex, and you mentioned this, is to give pleasure, not receive it. Mm -hmm. So you, you think about, we're, we're living in this era of auto sex, where so many people are having sex with themselves, and pornography's fueled this, of course. Right. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, the emptiness of that is it's all about taking. Right. It's all about receiving pleasure and not about giving pleasure. Mm -hmm. And the most pleasure you will ever have is in giving it. Like Jesus said, this is the best sex advice you'll ever get. Uh, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Right. And so when your mentality is, I want to give pleasure, I want to understand my spouse in order to learn how to give them pleasure, uh, it, 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 it can't get old. Right. Uh, and and on a, I would say also, um, on, on, to add one thing, and you know, pr there's nothing sexier than praying with your spouse. Hmm. And uh, our times of prayer, the intimacy you feel, the oneness you feel together before God, that, that, that passion, to me, you're never more desirable than when we're praying together. Right. And that time of being alone. And so I would say, build your prayer life. Think outside the bedroom. Like, I'm going to spice things up. You know, it's like you think about something you're going to buy on Amazon. It's like... <laughs> Think outside the bedroom. Right. That's, that's where sex begins. Right. Well, even how it's been said, sex starts in the kitchen. Like, just and, if, and if you don't have kids, it will start in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. When we didn't have kids. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But the mentality, what you're saying is, is it, and we're saying is, when you think outside the bedroom to that morning, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's small words of, 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 of um, 
of kindness throughout the day. Right. It's, it's the that sweetness. Text. When attitude. I get that text from you at 2 p.m., I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. I love you. I mean, it's like it's like that f- fosters the fires. Right. And and puts the little like when you're building a fire, you you put all the wood in place. It's the little woods, the newspaper. It's all the all the things. And it's like those those things all throughout the day. It's picking up your wet towel and hanging it up. It's remembering the little things the other person loves. It's going out of your way to to do something. It's keeping track of those things. So that's how you keep the fires of, of marriage blazing. And then quite frankly. It's it's how you guard yourself throughout the day too, right. because the, the more you're 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 compromising with what you're looking at, that erodes your satisfaction, and that's really I think ultimately one of the big problems about pornography. Is pornography before marriage, in marriage, it tells you and trains you to not be pleased by the wife or the husband that God gave you, right. and, uh, and 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 the novelty and the stimulation and, and and all that. So I think it's it's what you don't allow and what you intentionally consciously do, right, and then focusing more on giving than receiving and watch out. Watch out. Lots now. of babies. Lots of babies. Five last time I counted. Hey, right here. not bragging, just saying. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Oh, next question. This one again, multiple, multiple, multiple times. Uh, so here, here's a repeated one. What is your take on living together before marriage? <clears throat> Good financial move, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of like what you, what you were talking about earlier as far as, um, when we were dating and engaged, we, I mean, we didn't live together or have sex before we got married. And we were talking about this earlier on with some staff too. And it's just, if you can have self-control and practice that self-control before marriage, then that's going to be something that's going to mark your marriage. Yeah. And, um, and I think it is something that is so normal. I mean, it's, it's so normal for people to live with each other before they're married because it's like, well, let's, let's, see, if, yeah, let's see if we Kick are good tires, together. And, try the shoe on. Right, and which blah, blah, blah. makes sense from a practical yeah. s- standpoint. But when you look, like we were talking about last week, when you look at marriage the way God designed it for, for one woman, one man, one lifetime... Um, and to have that, um, the, the beauty of, of sex and intimacy within the marriage, that commitment, yeah. um, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. Well, and, and quite frankly, uh, Google it, look into it. The statistics <laughs> bear witness. That does not prepare you for marriage effectively. Mm. That is not like, okay, we're going to get married in a little bit, but first let's live together to move in. That's going to be really great as a movement towards marriage. That that does it, it does not help the marriage out. It shoots the marriage in the foot. It it, it actually it causes you to and, and even I would say even if you don't live in together, if you're dating someone and they're kind of pressuring you or you're both kind of thinking about it as a, as a means towards the, the long term good of the relationship. The, we, backing up, think about it this way: the forbidden fruit in the relationship before you're married is each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you and I were engaged, like, we knew we'd made the decision we want to wait until we're married to have sex. Right. And it was so challenging, so challenging to make it. Right. I mean, we, she had a roommate, and so we would always call a roommate, like, <laughs> hey, we're coming over for dinner. What are you doing? We'd like to cook dinner <laughs> for you also. We Come just, hang out with we us. We could not be alone together. <laughs> could not be alone together. Because we, we just knew giving in to the challenge was, was so easy because we wanted to. Because... 
uh, you know, putting a ring on your finger doesn't turn your sex drive on. Uh, duh. Right. Uh, so we made that choice, and then we had to make it really hard for ourselves, uh, or easy for ourselves to, to keep that choice. Right. We were the forbidden fruit. And it was so important. Now, part of you could reason, she's going to be my wife in three days. I mean, think about the night before our wedding, or after the rehearsal dinner. You know, it's like, she's going to be my wife in 24 hours. Hmm. What does it matter? It's all about authority. Hmm. It's all about boundaries. Right. And it's all about what we say to God of his rules. Because there will always be forbidden fruit. And, 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 and that's why there was that tree in, in the garden, to the other option. Love can't be loved without a choice. Right. So here am I now. I've made this vow to you. And I think part of our commitment for each other and the confidence we have in each other comes from those days Mm -hmm. because we honored where God had the boundary then. And so now I'm not worried when you're out for a day. I'm not worried if I'm out of town. I'm not worried because I know what you feel about God's authority. Mm -hmm. I know what you feel about his boundaries. You were faithful with me. Now you're faithful to me. Mm -hmm. So it's showing God, I respect, and your, your spouse, I respect that boundary line. And even though I could rationalize, it's going to be mine, therefore it's almost almost as good as mine, but it's not mine. Mm. And we weren't, we hadn't made a legal, uh, social, I mean, think that's why, that's why we want to invite our friends. It's a social commitment. It's a legal commitment. You know, we went into the office and we, we got this certificate, all of these things. And, and it was financial. We, we canceled our bank accounts. We made a bank account. We made a new life. We made a new home. We made a new family. Right. And once that commitment was there, then we sexually sealed the union and, and welded ourselves to each other. And so I think it's, it, it really erodes the foundation that the home's meant to build on. And, and quite frankly, if, and, and I, I, I'm sure there's examples where it's the opposite of the stereotype I'm about to give, but if this guy's telling you, I'm going to marry you, but let's move in first, that is not a movement toward the altar. That is right. not a movement towards eventually him, him giving himself and pledging himself to you. Right. And, uh, and it's a chance and it's a space. How we even say, and we always do, people who are, you know, dating now, you're, you're, you're having sex now, I would say if you're going to set a date, I, I would say give that space between now and the time you get married and, have, and, and abstain if you're living together. I don't care what it takes. Move into, move into your friend's garage for a season. Right. Separate. That way you can honor God and give God that space totally. before you, you come together. And, right, and, and we married. know that when we honor God, when we honor God and follow his ways, he's going to, honor us and bless us. So you know it's not, he's doing these things, he says these rules or these boundaries for our best, and I just say, why not follow his best for us? So good. Um, Okay, what are some communication tips for a young married couple? Good question. Communicate. Yeah. (laughs) Just start communicating, and you'll learn that you don't communicate well, and that you need to grow in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Use your words. You know, body language matters. Um, I would say communication tips. Uh, when you're frustrated, uh, you have to ask yourself the question: Do they know how I feel right now? Mm-hmm. Am I expecting them to read my mind? Right. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. Uh, they may have. You may not have no clue why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And, and so when I, in a non-hostile, this is so big, yeah. non-passive aggressive, non-blaming, non-accusing way, say to you, and it even makes me vulnerable, and be specific, when, when you said this, or when you did this, when I asked you to do this, and you did whatever it was, this is how it made me feel. Hmm. And, and, and that, that vulnerability of, I'm, I'm telling you, I feel, it made me feel small. 
It made me feel unimportant. It made me feel this. That, that, that's how it made me feel. I just wanted to bring that to you. Right. I mean, those communication <laughs> it is a lifeblood, and we're, we're always growing in this and, yes. and always working on it and trying to always improve it. But, yeah, it, it's, it's vital to communicate. Right, and kind of like what we were talking about last week, too, of like when you know that you're going to have conflict in marriage, when you know that there's going to be things that you're going to need to communicate about and talk through, um, and you know that on the other side of it is going to be a stronger marriage. Is going to like we have said it before. Like um, it's kind of like video game again, but being in like yeah, Super Mario. By the way, look at you in your Fortnite. <laughs> I had no idea what I was talking about. If you couldn't tell, couldn't tell. Um, <clears throat> but like when you finish a level, you're, you you or yeah, when you you're going up against like Bowser or whatever, yep. and you're fighting that. Um, bad guy enemy but then after you defeat that enemy you get to go to another level and so we've kind of in our marriage it's just been where we realize when we're fighting we're not fighting against each other we're fighting to get to that next level and I think that's so important for us to know is just to to talk through it and if you can't tell, in our marriage, he is the communicator, and I am very much not a great communicator. Yeah, it's we harder, believe that it's approximately 0% of all. It's hard for me to <laughs> fully explain how I'm feeling, because I am, um, in my 16 personalities, I am 79% feeler or feelings, and so I feel everything, and it's, that's been a struggle for me to not let my feelings lead me, but to feel my feelings, but then to to do usually honestly the opposite of what I'm feeling. But um, in our case where it's hard for me to explain, okay, this is how I'm feeling and why. Half the time I don't know how I'm feeling or why, um, but I'm trying to communicate that. And I think when there's the understanding on both sides of he's wanting to understand me and I'm wanting to communicate and just that the end game is to beat this level and to go to the next level, I think is helpful. And then on the other side of that, you know, my problem is almost never articulating what I'm, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Let me, I don't know what I'm saying. I lost for words. I can usually describe exactly what I'm feeling and why and three examples of it and, and the and whole And he situation. says it and then he's like over it. So for but me... But I'm still like reeling like, issue, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Is figuring out and, and, and how to give you space to come to it. Right. And not rushing the conversation when you're not ready to talk about it and not demanding you be able to articulate what exactly you're feeling but giving you the space to listen without a mentality of I'm going to fix it. Because 90% of the time, you don't need me to fix it. You just need me to care about it. Right. And just to listen and accept it and, and respond to that and let that sink in. So yeah. I think that's it's really important. And, and grow. And like you said, every bad guy you, you, you defeat, you get the new whistle, you get the frog, you get the, all the different things, and you get to collect those things. So over our years, all the fights, the payoff has been... We, the tool we got from the bad guy at the end of the level is we get to have that as we go on in the game. Totally. And, uh, and that's, what's, that's why, quite frankly, uh, if you leave me, I'm going with you, because <laughs> uh, all the, the tools we've collected, I've, I'm going to have to start over with someone new, that's for sure. I'm going to keep all those tools uh, that we have in our, in our, in our little uh, screen at the bottom that we can activate by pushing B. All right, here's the next question. It's a good one. At what age do you start talking to your kids about sex, and how do you know when they are ready? And by what age should they know all the details? Golly. A lot to that question. And I'm excited to hear your answer. <laughs> well, um, we 
starting when our kids are like little, little, we start the conversation of strength and yeah. honor and um, that you're, you're valuable and worth like God made you and created you. So even just that aspect yeah. of like you're worth something. And then as... Well, and quite frankly, we... we <laughs> We like each other a lot, and we're kissing, and the kids will come in the room, and they're like, they'll catch us making out and stuff. And the Clover and Daisy are always like, oh, gag me, you know. It's like, and, so those and are always opportunities. All of them. Yeah. But those are chances mm-hmm. to, 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 to embrace that. Like, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing, and obviously, we're appropriate, but what, <laughs> but, but what, but it's a chance to say, lock your doors. Hey, there's going to be a lock your doors. Uh, <laughs> With, with resisting the urge to tell some great stories. Uh, but oh, this is a chance to, ex, ex, to give them excitement for future marriage. Right, know? and that's and, not gross. It's beautiful yeah. when, when you love, when you're, in, when you're married and love Something your to spouse. look forward yeah, to. Yeah, totally. Something, some, there's going to be a man, there's going to be a woman. And on every date night, every one of our kids has at a certain point cried on date night. Hey, let me just tell you, every one of our kids has cried checking them into church. Every one of our kids has cried when we boot them from our bedroom and lock them in their room and lock our door. Every one of them, oh, they're going to be traumatized. You know what? They're going to learn to sleep alone. They're going to learn to deal with it. They're going to cry themselves to sleep. They're, they're, I don't think crying has ever killed anybody in the history of humanity. Uh, so, um, you know, we, we, we kick them off our legs when, on date nights when they're crying. We tell them, you know, we're showing them that we fight for our marriage. Yeah. And we, these kids are going to be 18 and off to college and eventually down the road starting their own families. And you know what? I still want this marriage to be protected yeah. and to be special. Yeah. And how many marriages, when, the, when it's now an empty nest, it reveals there was an empty marriage. Mm. It's because for those 18 years, the kids were at the center of the relationship. Right. So, so all that's a long way to say we holistically include them in the conversation and our talk is not so much a talk as an ongoing dialogue that begins as appropriate in the smallest forms but we seize strategic moments to advance the conversation in right. an intentional way right and i think the first time we really had that uh, with our oldest was when she was turning 10 to 11 that mm-hmm. right around that age and just to really just continue the dialogue but you've taken them through books and our, our daughters and Lennox, I'm gonna, you know, next 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 week we're gonna have our first. <laughs> our, we're gonna nineteen gonna, months old. We're gonna go to a Nike store and buy some <laughs> shoes and talk. That's that's gonna be Aww. our thing. So anyhow, but just but con- earlier than you think. You know, I remember we used to do these constantly these events around sex and dating and all that before we wrote the book that got it out to the whole world in a large format way. And one parent said, "I'm not sending my kids to that." And I said, "Well, what grade are they in? Eighth grade? Uh, what school do they go to? Public school?" And I said, yeah, you, you don't really need to. You've already given up the right to talk to him about sex. Mm. Uh, they, 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 they have not, he goes, they have not heard about sex. I'm like, they're in eighth grade at a public school. You're yeah. kidding yourself. Yeah. And the devil will teach your kids about sex if you won't. So. Well, and we know that the average, um, the, the average beginning age of a kid who looks at porn for the first time is six years old. According and to so, USA Today, yeah. And so even just knowing that, and obviously we give our kids an iPad or whatever and use the filters and the, the, the things that you need. But, um, but just knowing that that's the world we live in 
and um, our bigger taking, goal than hiding them from sin is to prepare them for it. Yes, we want the filters, but there's going to be a day when they have their own internet. Right. We filter to then, so you want right. to prepare them to make wise choices. Right, and when they ask questions, and I think just taking those. The Bible says in the kitchen, in the in the car, on the road, just ongoing. Use yeah, life to teach. It's these not things. like the awkward sex talk. It's just. Yeah life having that I think that's the key is that communication yeah, ongoing open yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people feel like they they don't have a moral authority to even speak to their kids about sex because they didn't do things God's way I would say the exact opposite right because of the mistakes you made you have even more of a platform yeah, so to good. speak up and to even be honest about that I didn't Great. do it God's way but and here's how that's made it more complex in some ways and yet God has something more for you and that's what I want for you that's why I prayed for you since you were a little baby and and that's why it's so important to be planted in the house together and, and all those things. It provides opportunities right there. And the Parent Q app that we have within our kids program, yeah. all these things are we're strategically trying to teach them on their level. Fresh Life students every year we're at camp. The speaking into our students' heart, we want that on an ongoing way. That's right. So, all right, what's next? Well, should we pick ones? Yeah, because that... we are not going to make a dent in these. We've taken way too much time. I know. Um, you do whatever you want to do. It's what, in your heart. What are your thoughts on online dating? They added, is this forcing God's hand? Ooh, mysterious. <laughs> um, I would say obviously God can use it. Uh, however, I would say this, no matter how you get hooked up with someone, the question is what uh, mechanism is in place for you to observe them in a context in which you can see what's really going on on the inside. Right. I could write anything on an online profile, and I could, I, I could have chemistry with any, anybody that, whoa, you know, oh, oh, okay, there's chemistry. It's a bang. Oh, my gosh, they're amazing. They're so amazing. They're so amazing. They're so amazing. Right? Okay, great, 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 great. But how are you really going to see what's written on their soul? Right. How are you going to see? And, and, and that's why, you know, uh, within, within the context of a space like church, where you're getting to hopefully serve alongside them, totally. see them, see how they respond to authority, see how they respond to, to, to boundaries, see, you know, all these things, how, how they respond to kids. It's a space right. where you can observe them and watch and see because anybody can put a face on and you find out what's really going on down the road. Right. And so I would say, I'm, uh, you know, I would think uh, that even someone you've met on social media or online, you would still really want to, uh, make sure that in with, you have a safe space to really figure out what's going on and to watch them. Totally. And I I mean, you've probably heard it said, like, before marriage, like, keep your eyes wide open. Like, see all the signs. Look at all the red flags. Like, anyone who's saying, hey, I, I saw that guy doing this this weekend, like, just you need to have your eyes open. And there's no rush. So it's like, just observe. Just take the time yeah. to to observe, like you said, and see who this person is. And then once you're married, you're married. And so you just shut your eyes a little bit and yeah. everything will be fine. <laughs> you know, I tell you, there's stories we've heard of people that's gone well. They've met someone on, on eHarmony right. or whatever it was. And, and, but to, to think, I, but I could tell you nine horror stories for everyone. Oh, they're the best. And we're moving, I'm moving across the country to meet, to marry. And it's like, and, and just, just grit your teeth because it's just like, watch that. They, five, five weeks later, Mr. Wright's Mr. Annoying and this, and you're finding this out and the lies and deception. So I would just, I, I would probably say there's some red flags on, on that, but uh, proceed with caution, yellow lights. And not, definitely not saying you are forcing God's hand if you go on an online. <laughs> I'm not going to commit to that. I'm not going to commit. God's pretty, pretty big as far as I can so tell. So kind of on that note, what is the best long distance relationship? 
relationship advice. Ooh. Embrace the heck out of that. Seriously. If there's a stretch of your relationship with your long distance, that's a chance to build a friendship. The goal is to build a friendship, not just sexual chemistry. Right. Uh, a lot of people think the chemistry is going to kind of sustain them, and their marriage is like explosions, like a chemistry experiment gone wrong. Oh, no. You need a relationship. You need substance. And those things, that, that online, that, that time of, uh, of, of, of being apart with FaceTime and phone calls, it's a chance to really talk and listen. Making out together feels intimate. It's actually not. Mm. It's actually not. Just making out, you're not really getting to know them. You're not really getting right. to, 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 to see how, how each other views life and exactly. all that. So yeah. that's good. But you think you're getting close because you're close in proximity and intimate. Yeah. But that friendship isn't yeah, there. Yeah, so I would say uh, even when you are together, try and lean into the kind of communication and relationship that, that you would have to have if you were uh, apart. Yeah. Here's one. When's a good time after marriage to start having kids? Well, we planned on waiting five years. That was our plan. We got uh, <laughs> pregnant just a few months after we got married. So eight months. Eight months. It's a little more than a few. It was pretty quick, though. And you told me on the phone. Remember that? Yeah, you guys, I did, I did all the things wrong that you're <laughs> not supposed to do. I was like walking into a meeting, and she called me. So I opened my flip phone up, and... Uh, <laughs> No, but it's like now Pinterest shows how do you yeah. make the announcement? How do you tell your husband? It's all these cute things, and I did the opposite. Ooh, that. here's a good one. <laughs> Should a couple be financially stable before marriage? Yes. Yes. I would say this. Uh, one of the best things you could do in, in your single years is getting out of debt, making that rhythms, and uh, yeah, what an important yeah. thing. Uh, well, even just learning as a young person, learning to be wise and saving and tithing and all of these things, yeah. learning that at a young age, you'll get in the rhythm of that. I think it's so important. Yeah, because marriage doesn't change your bad habits. It exposes them. So and good. Uh, it's, it's a pressure cooker. It's going to bring everything out. It's a rock tumbler. It'll, it'll chip off bad things. It'll expose things. And if there's not the, the Holy Spirit, which is like the compounding powder they put in a gem tumbler, it, they'll chip and crack. Right. So they'll come out polished, but it, there's pressure and there's, there's a chance for, for damaging. And so I think that anything you can do that builds those good habits and good rhythms going into the marriage and relationship is going to give you such a position of strength. Right. Patterns. It's all about patterns. Right. Well, and that's honestly a, a point of contention for a lot of marriages. So it's like if you can, if you can be in a place where you're making wise choices yeah. and, and then you can communicate that with each other, like yep. that's a huge part of marriage. Oh, one of my kids asked me today, someone, first thing I'm going to do is I'm grilling this person. Well, on, on the list, I have a 25-point bulleted list in my Evernote. I don't have a note on you, but I have a note on my, my daughter's boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> that don't exist. I'm going to ask him right away if they tie. Yeah. And then I'll call the accounting office and confirm it. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Uh, because I, I tell this to my girls all the time, the Bible clearly speaks about someone who's not tithing as someone who's dishonoring God when it comes to finances. Yeah. And the Bible says where your, your, your treasure goes, where your heart goes. Yeah. So why would you want to marry someone whose heart is not in what, what God's heart is in? Right. And it, so these, really these things, they seem small. They're, they're ultra significant. One of the questions here is, should, uh, should a husband and wife go to two different churches? Are, no. No. No you, no, you shouldn't. It's about no. authority. It's about what you're learning. It's about what you're being taught. It's about what you're, you're pushing towards and serving in and helping yeah. change the world through. And, 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 uh, and we're out of time. Hmm. These are some good questions. Is that helpful? That was I so wish fun. we could go through more. Yeah. Maybe we'll sit down on social media and go through more of them because we didn't put a dent out of the 
hundreds and hundreds that came in. I think we made it through 14, but, uh, but a good time together. So fun. And, uh, and we want to pray now, just kind of pray for this time, pray for God's best and all these things. And yeah. of course, in, in, in a two-minute answer, you can't give the kind of context that you would give. So, so let me encourage you. Uh, the Fresh Life groups that are meeting all across the church this week, they're going to be doing for the, an hour this week over coffee or, or before they go skiing or whatever this week. They're going to be sitting down and talking about these in, in much greater levels. Awesome. And so having people in your life, yeah, you, so you, if you haven't had a chance to meet your campus pastors and get to know them Do a little it. bit, like get, allow this kind of thing mm. to be the norm and pointing to scripture and pointing to Jesus and letting that set the pace. It'll change your whole world. That's right. Father, we're grateful for this time together in your presence. Thank you so much for all these people who ask these questions. And, and thank you so much for every single person at Fresh Life this week mm. and, and what we're going through. And, and thank you that, that you're a God who's with us. You're not far, you're near. Yes. And thank you that right now, whatever is going on in our, our relationships, we can make choices, we can make changes. We're not locked in. And, 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 and perhaps there are some here who are hearing some of these things, it's difficult and it's hard to hear and think, gosh, if I was to act on this, I, I could not be in a relationship with this person anymore. More. I'm dating someone who I shouldn't be dating. I'm around a season where I shouldn't be dating. Or for some, it's just, there's been so many bad decisions. They just, they need a season of separation. Maybe for you, uh, you need to clear your calendar for a while. Maybe it's going to be six months, maybe a year. Maybe you just need to say, hey, for the next year, I really need to sort of have a hard reset in my hmm. soul. Maybe no relationship. I just need this year just to give myself over to God or these next six months, whatever it is. Maybe God's calling you to or or perhaps it's as it's, it's simple as breaking up with someone. Or just as simple as committing to that date night or checking your kids into to church, even though it's hard, going on those date nights. Whatever it is that, that today has sparked something, I pray there would be an action taken. Hmm. And uh, we would be able to walk in your blessings that yes, you promised for those of us who seek you first in your kingdom and that all righteousness would be added unto us. And I pray specifically for those who are here and they are married to someone who's not a believer. Mm. And it's hard and it's challenging. It's easy to, to, to grow weary in that struggle. And I just pray for you to help them to take heart. Yes, God. For you love their spouse more than they do. Mm. And you paid for their sins on the cross. And I pray you would give them grace and strength and resolve to just continue to love and continue to live out that precious gospel story. Yes, God. And I pray for the salvation of those, those souls. We love you, God. We thank mm. you for this time. We say this in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What an amazing message. I'm so thankful for, for the message. Um, and I hope that blessed you. Yeah, for sure. And if, you know, hearing that, you think, gosh, uh, I want to hear more. Of course, we would hope you would tune in for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. But we also want to point you to uh, a resource that we've put together called Swipe Right. Uh, the Life and Death Power of Sex and Romance, a whole book on the topic of marriage, dating, yeah. God's plans for relationships. It's available on the Fresh Life website in addition to wherever books are sold. And it's also about to come out in Spanish. So check that out. So and if good. listening to this message, you feel led to support our ministry financially to help us continue to bring messages and resources to people all around the world just like you, you can do that at freshlife.church. Maybe a one-time gift of $100 or $50, whatever you're able to do. Or perhaps you'd want to become a recurring giver and just regularly chip away at uh, what God has for us to do and mm -hmm. be a partner with us. We would love to stand with you in That's that right. way. Well, thank you so much, and we will see you soon.